Welcome to the Business of Dance podcast, where we discuss business growth, dance education, creating your dream business, and falling in love with your studio all over again. Now, here's your host, business coach, educator, and owner of Dance Energy Studios, Claire O'Shea. Hi everyone, it's Claire O'Shea here and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Dance podcast. Today I have a very special episode as I'll be interviewing the very talented Erin Nash of Erin Nash Ballet Academy and owner of The Fairy Shop in Joondalup, Western Australia. Today's episode will actually be split up into two parts as Erin and I have a few topics we'd really like to cover in this interview. Part one, which is this episode, I will be interviewing Erin as well as discussing how to create the best preschool program in your studio. Part two, which will be on next Monday, we will touch on more of the logistical side of things when it comes to running a really successful preschool program at your studio. Now, before we dive into the show, I want to quickly fill you in on Erin's amazing businesses. So Erin owns two businesses. One, her studio, Erin Nash Ballet Academy, which is located in Joondalup, Western Australia, which is a professional dance school with a focus on classical ballet tuition in a small class environment. Erin's second business is called The Fairy Shop, which is a fun and magical place with all things pink and sparkly and all of the delight you could possibly imagine. It's a dream store for preschoolers and up to teenagers age and they sell all things girly pretty and fun they also host birthday parties at the fairy shop which is a custom-built venue perfect for parties of up to 25 guests with a huge party room fit for dancing and party games as well as a fairy dining room for lunch and birthday cake time this amazing venue also has a cafe that is open seven days per week not to mention the largest part of the fairy shop is their preschool dance program called fairy ballet and they run five classes per day six days a week for ages from two to five years old in their beautiful custom-built fairy ballerina studio Erin is very passionate about preschool dance education and programs in general and the importance of nurturing and instilling that love for dance at such a young age. Not only that, but she really feels that the majority of studio owners out there are currently missing out on this lucrative niche simply because it's not in their expertise currently and they're not sure how to crack into this market. So I'm so excited for Erin to be joining us today and we have a heap of amazing information to get through. So let's dive in today's episode. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Business of Dance Facebook group, a free community for dance educators, business owners, and entrepreneurs to support and inspire one another as they grow their business into an empire. Join us today by going to facebook.com slash groups slash business of dance. So thank you so much for joining us today, Erin. I really am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you, Claire. I'm so excited to be here and I'm so excited for your new podcast, The Business of Dance. It's very inspiring and I'm so happy that I've um, been able to be a guest today. Awesome. I'm so glad that you like it. So (laughs) I did share about your bio with our listeners just a little bit before, but I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay, sure thing. Well, I live in Perth, Australia, and I am primarily a ballet teacher. Um, So as you said, I've got my ballet school where we teach the RAD ballet and progressing ballet technique and all the kind of traditional styles of ballet, um, you know, in a traditional dance school setting. 
Um, but what I'm mainly here to talk to you um, today about is my preschool program, Fairy Ballet, um, which is my what I'm really passionate about, preschool dance. Um, and yeah, a business that I've run, this is our ninth year now. So um, wow. yeah, I just kind of wanted to share um, with your listeners all the crazy stories and all the fun stories and all the excitement that comes with running a preschool dance program. Absolutely. And it is definitely... It can be a little bit crazy at times, but that's really awesome. So like you said, you've got those two businesses, but what, what inspired you to start your sort of your dance studio? Yeah, absolutely. So where I run Fairy Ballet, um, it's not just a ballet program. We actually have a shop. So we have a shop front where people can come in and buy all kinds of fairy products and dance wear. Um, so it's just a really fun, girly shop, which is very me. I love anything pink and sparkly and girly. Um, so that's really fun to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then towards the back of the, the store, we've got our fairy dance studio. So it's all oh. decked out, especially for um, pre school kids because you know how a lot of normal dance studios it's just you know the plain wooden floorboards and then the white walls and the ballet bar and you know the fluoro lighting like it's just Mm -hmm. you know that's that's what I grew up dancing in and it's fine but for preschoolers we wanted something um kind of more customized um Mm -hmm. to particularly engage them and to make them feel welcome and really comfortable um so we've got we've got the wallpaper up it's all pink and it's got big flowers and we've got the big mirrors and the beautiful lighting as well um which is really exciting and then we also have a camera in the Fairy Ballet Studio mm-hmm. with a live feed that goes out to our parents' waiting area. Um, oh, so we've got a, okay. a TV screen out there so parents can actually sit there and watch the class on the TV, mm-hmm. which is really great. And then we also have um, a cafe within our business as oh, well so parents can grab a coffee. and um, Lovely. Yeah, and then the kids, all they all get their fairy chino after ballet as well, <laughs> um, which, is, which is all part of it. Um, but anyway, back to your question of what, um, what inspired me to start that up is that I just really saw, you know, dance was going and still is going, you know, so competitive and, um, you know, not very age appropriate and there wasn't really anything just for little girls. You know, we want to keep little girls little. We want to engage their imagination. Um, we want to inspire them to be involved in this amazing world of dance and, a lot of people were just, you know, oh, I don't want to do the makeup and I don't want to do that. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to create a place where we could introduce those little girls and preschoolers and their families into dance without all of that extra stuff that scared them off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I do uh, agree that there is a lot of times, um, a lot of parents say to me like, oh, oh, I don't want it to be anything like dance mums. And I'm like, oh exactly, my God. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Like that. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's it. And that's how us as dance educators are sometimes getting portrayed. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're not all Miss Abby. Um, no. But, um, you know, and that's that's what we need to do. We need to change change that perception. Mm-hmm. And so you decided to target with your fairy shop and your preschool program, your program is targeted at girls only. So it's a girls only program. Um, we also have a boys class that we run, okay. um, but primarily it is um, for girls. Um, but if there was a boy that wanted to join in our fairy ballet program, then they're of course more than welcome. 
Yeah. Awesome. And so I can tell from your bio that you are very passionate about preschool dance education, which is the main topic of today, as you know, but why do you personally feel that preschool programs are so important to have in dance education in general and like in a studio sort of setting? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so many reasons why I think it's so important. I could talk about this all day. Um, but firstly, for confidence building, um, you know, you, you can tell, especially when you've got an older student coming in, if they've had that experience as a preschooler or as a young child in a, in a dance classroom, even just things such as, um, you know, knowing to sit and listen and how to stand in a line and how to share with a friend, um, you know, how to do partner work, um, everything like that. Like it's all just confidence building that gets built in the preschool dance class. Um, and a lot of the time as well, you know, which is something really exciting is that us as preschool dance educators are the first kind of teacher that these kids have in their life. Yeah, so yeah, a lot of them might not go to daycare or might not go to preschool or anything like that. And, you know, we're, we're that first kind of role model that they have and not only for the kids, but also for the parents. So we're kind of the first people that the parents are trusting with their kids. They're letting us take care of them and teach them. So, um, so that's, that's something that's really exciting. And, yeah. you know, well, I feel really privileged as a preschool dance teacher that we get to be that, have that kind of first impact on these kids. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, uh, sometimes it can be just as much as a transition for the parent uh, that as it can be for the child, like that first kind of class structure where we're separating them basically, or, you know, at some times, I guess, not all the yeah. time, but yeah, it also is a big step for the parents as well. But I, I 100% agree. I have um, a Bachelor of Early Childhood Education. So I know all about, um, you know, developmentally, all of those things that we should be including for children. But I do think it is particularly important, you know, obviously education in general, but having that physical education is, is invaluable as well. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, and even from that, um, you know, building the fundamentals for dance classes later on in life, even just having the posture and the awareness of this is my right arm, this is my left arm, yeah. and the coordination and things like that. Um, yeah. It's so important from a young age to, to really teach that. And I think it's also like important to point out, and like I do mention to parents, like even if they decide, you know, in a couple of years they never want to dance again, well, that's totally fine. But you've already, you know, taught them so many, um, amazing, you know, coordination and, you know, that, like you said, the right and the left, like they're already being exposed to those concepts at a young age, even if they don't go on to, to do anything with it, it's still a really great way, you know, to introduce physical exercise and all those fundamental movements as well. Yes, exactly. And that can even help, you know, with sports later on, mm. um, you know, anything that they continue on with. Um, it's, it's so, so great to have those fundamentals. Yeah. So in focusing on this sort of preschool class program, why and how do you think these programs work differently to a traditional dance class or maybe even a, like a traditional ballet class or as they get older, you know, how, do, how, how and why are they so different? Yeah, of course. Um, one of the main reasons that I see them as being so different is um, what the parents are really looking for is completely different. So look, if they're looking for a preschool program, as opposed to looking for you know, a structured classical ballet dance class. Yeah. Um, that's two completely different things. Absolutely. Um, 
And, you know, sometimes even I need to remind myself of that. It's like, okay, you know, this person doesn't necessarily want their two-year-old to be a ballerina just yet. So we Mm. need to focus on that. Um, So that being said, that's why I really um, believe that the two programs need to be marketed completely differently um, and ran completely differently. So I think it's really important to have, even if you've got your preschool program within your normal dance studio, is to have a completely separate branded program um mm-hmm. so for example we we call it fairy ballet um and then i'm sure in your dance school we have a, yeah we you've got we, i branded ours separately as well so we call yeah. ours the petite performers yes yes petite performers so anything like that just give it a fun name and that way people that kind of helps people kind of see that gap like okay yes this this is for preschoolers only this is not the crazy dance world that i'm not quite ready to get into yet so that's kind of the first reason, um, first way I see that it works very differently is it needs, needs to be kind of it's a bit separate from the rest of what you're doing. Um, and that can be really great by just giving it a fun name like Fairy Ballet yeah. or Petite Performers or, you know, there's so many out there. Yeah. Um, then secondly, the way that it's marketed. So yeah. a lot yeah. of... This is a lot of something that people are really interested by, I think, as well, because I think a lot of the time we just sort of pop up an ad for the whole school and wonder why we're not getting a particular age group. So yeah, it'd be great if you can give us a bit more information about this as well. Yes, absolutely. So I find marketing for my preschool program a hundred times easier and more successful than for any of my other age groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's because a lot of these people, so the mums were targeting, they're very much online. Um, they're very active. They're very much looking for new activities for their kids. So we can really quite easily through social media, get in front of them, um, get on those front pages through Facebook, through Instagram and be right there. So the main way that I um, market my fairy ballet programs is through Facebook marketing. Mm-hmm. And what's really great is I don't want to get too technical here for anybody that's not really um, confident with their Facebook ads, um, but there's actually a section where you can go in um, when creating your ad in demographics and mm-hmm. you can actually choose parents with kids under the age of five or parents yeah. with kids under the age of, you know, from the ages two to four. Um, so that's a really fantastic tool to use because then you're making sure your ads are just going to people that have people like have kids, those that age group. So um, yeah. if you're targeting, you know, your under five preschool ballet program, um, if you go and create the ad, put a super cute picture of some kids dancing um, and then choose that demographic, then that's going to come up in those people's feed. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of mums, you know, they're in mother's groups or, um, they're on your local buy and sell group and they'll comment on these, these um, pictures on your ads, share them with their friends, other people will see them and they just go viral, um, which yeah. is really fantastic. And I know sometimes people go like, oh, how does Facebook know? Like if they have yes. a <laughs> everything it's creepy yeah that's it I mean it is it is creepy but then for us as business owners it's fantastic absolutely yeah and I as well have been testing out sort of different language using with that age group as well so been trying out some longer type ad text and then some shorter ones and kind of split testing the difference which has been interesting at the moment but the targeting options on Facebook are so fantastic because like you said you can target to your area as well as within those age groups so yes that is wonderful and like you said if you're getting I guess you know if these ads are working you know you don't have to use Facebook but it is a fantastic tool and you're getting 
these kids into your classes. Like, why do you think, you know, this works in particular and what makes sort of having a really successful preschool program really like sort of essentially lucrative in your studio? How, how, how do you think that uh, increases revenue? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I find, um, you know, with a lot of people that have got, you know, kids aged two, three and four, um, generally the mums are working part time or um, stay at home mums full time. So they've got that kind of extra time where they can go and do activities with their kids as opposed to, you know, someone that's really time poor that's got three kids aged kind of five to ten. Um, and, you know, they've got really limited hours in the day um, to run around, drop the kids at after school activities, you know they might be doing karate one day, swimming one day, ballet the next yeah. day. Um, so with it, with these people, it's a, it's a really special time because, you know, they're only little for a, for a small amount of time. Um, so parents do want to kind of spend that time doing some extra fun activities. And if you, if you can get your gorgeous activity in front of them, um, then of course they'll want to come along and do it. So back to your question of, of what makes it so lucrative is because the people, like I said, they've got more time, they can um, come along, they'll share it with their friends, um, they'll want their friends to come along so they can sit and have a coffee and that their little yeah. ones can create those friendships. And it becomes like a, a whole community for them as well, yeah. um, which is really exciting for you to offer that safe place and that encouraging place, um, not only for the kids, but for the, for the mums as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said, there is... Uh, you know, with there's so many different home situations with families and everything. And I guess it really also depends on your area, whether you're more likely to have parents that are working full time or part time or, you know, who, whoever's staying home. But I think as well, if you can sort of trial different times and timetables at your studio, it can really open up to getting a range of people as well. And particularly if you have your own space, generally a lot of the times during the day, we have a lot of empty space. So if you can be getting a lot of those preschools in during the day and the mornings, it's a really great way, obviously, to increase revenue, but then to also, you know, use the space as much as possible. Yes, exactly. So that's, we run all of our preschool classes in the morning. So um, we have our first class at nine, we run through from nine till about 1230 because anytime after that's kind of nap time and everything like that. Um, so yeah, exactly what you said. It's a great way to fill in the studio because otherwise it's just sitting there empty. Mm, absolutely. So you've also now mentioned the absolute importance of your role as, like, as a preschool dance teacher, because we're often one of the first sort of people that introduce sort of like this structured lesson plan and how you also can use this to your advantage. So how can you touch on this a little bit? So how can we sort of create programs that are super engaging, super exciting to get those little kids coming back year after year and then hopefully also continuing on dance in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a really important part of this is making those connections. So whether that be with yourself and the students or with your teachers and the students. We recently had our um, kind of end of uh, start of term training day and I got my staff to kind of stand up and talk to me about, um, they each had to stand up and say one story that kind of really hit home with them in the past year, something that very memorable from their dance classes. Um, and one of the girls, it was a really funny story and I just have to share it. Um, she stood up and, and she said, oh, this little girl, we'll call her Jane. This little girl, Jane, she brought me in um, this little rock that she'd found at the beach. And she's like, oh, um, 
you know, Miss Claire, this, this little rock is for you. And, you know, we were all kind of like, oh my gosh, it's just a rock. How crazy. But then mm. the reality of that is, is that little Jane was at the beach and saw the rock and thought of her dance teacher. Yeah. You know, so she's, so she's not just thinking of her dance teacher. Oh yeah, here I am at ballet. Here's my dance teacher. She's thinking mm. of her when she's out and about, when she's at the beach with her family, you know, and she saw that and she thought, oh, my teacher would like that. I better grab it and take it for her, um, yeah. <laughs> which is just so cute. But, you know, it really does bring home just how important we are in their little lives, you know, and you need to remember that when you're teaching because you think, okay, I only see this kid once a week for 30 minutes and, you know, there's 15 other kids in the class at the same time and there's, you know, Mm -hmm. 50 or 60 other kids that I'm teaching or whatever. Um, But you just have to remember like those 30 minutes, how much those 30 minutes impact that little one's life. Yeah, it's so true. And then in relation to sort of getting them obviously, like, like you said, they're obviously then falling in love with it. But then how do you have anything particular in place to sort of encourage them to keep re-enrolling or do you just sort of, if you create an amazing program that they adore, well then it's sort of, you know, it's, they don't have to think about it. They just come back year after year. Yeah, yeah, of course. We have lots of different things um, to assist our re-enrollment process. So what we do is we kind of start talking about the next term, well, because here in, in Perth in Australia, we kind of run a 10-week term. Um, yeah. So we kind of start talking about enrolments for the next term in around week six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way we're kind of planting the seed, you know, like, okay, so next term, um, this is what we're going to do. We're going to be doing this. So we're going to be focusing on that. And that's more with the parents as well and kind of creating, yeah. um, because of course, you know, the ki- if the kids love it, they're of course going to want to come and do it again. But, you know, at, at that stage, it's more the parents' um, decision. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So really planting that seed of um, this is what we've mastered this term and next term, this is what we're going to be doing. Because Okay, like more progression as well. Yeah, more, more progression and a different theme um, and a different focus um, because you don't want people to kind of get, get this mentality, um, which I do see sometimes of, oh, okay, we've done dance for one term now. We've learned everything we've learned here. Next term, let's go and do gymnastics and then we'll do that yeah. for a term and then we'll go do soccer for a term. Yeah. Um, so you want to you remind people that, you know, and that just seems crazy to us because obviously we know that you need oh, yeah. to just hone in your dance for years and years and years. But, um, you know, we, we need to educate them to know that like, hey, yes, we might be standing in first position now, but next term we need to add our arms or we're going to do some jumps or we're going to do some plies and yeah, really educate them that there's always more to learn. There's always more improvement and also that they're not just going to be doing the same thing each term. Hmm. And I guess as well for our listeners who are listening, um, if you're more enrolling, so we have four terms in Australia, but for instance, my studio, we enroll anytime throughout the year, but ours is sort of like guaranteed turnover enrollment unless they decide to opt out. So we just assume that they're coming back. Yeah. But like I said, it's not a guarantee. So then we still are educating our parents on the things that they're doing next term, you know, some fun events, things like that. And then for us with that big and re-enrollment period from the new old year to the new year, then we're also kind of talking about how they're going to be stepping up in that next year. Cause no one wants to repeat what they're doing each year, you know, over and over and over again. So it's important to show you how they're going to extend and um, some other, you know, fun little bonuses as well, but that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. 
Yeah, definitely. And then I'll just share one more that we do over the um, Christmas um, period because, yes, in Australia, that's kind of um, where a lot of people will drop off at the end of the year or, you know, we also pick up new people. Um, but yeah. we offer a little incentive, um, obviously, as well, because studio owners often struggle with cash flow over the um, kind of January period with us not having um, many classes and school holidays and, you know, us having a well-deserved break as well. Um, but what we do is to encourage our preschool dance um, program um, members to actually pay their term one fees in December. Um, mm. Yeah. So we actually offer, we run a, um, we call it like a fairy fun day here mm-hmm. at the fairy shop, but it's um, a three hour session and um, the kids, it's like a, a workshop. The kids stay with us. We do dancing and games. We do some craft and um, we have a special morning tea and we have story time. Um, so it's just lots of fun. And we, we run that here in January. Um, and so normally um, it costs $40 to book in for the session. Um, yeah. But for those people that pay their re-enrollment in December, we give them a free voucher to come along to the session in January um yeah so that's kind of that like an incentive for them it's like okay well if you're going to come back you may as well just make the payment now and Mm. then you get the free holiday program session um but we only offer that over the because we run the holiday program every school holidays but we only offer that incentive um over the December January holiday program um in order to get that cash flow as well um and to get people committed um and then as well you've got so for example if someone hasn't been to the holiday program before like they may have danced with us all year not come along to the holiday program we've given them the voucher they then come and try it out in january see how awesome it is and then come along again in the april and june school holidays and bring their friends absolutely yeah so you're kind of getting them you're giving them like a taste test as like a loyalty uh, type offer but then generally their kids are going to love it anyway and so they're wanting to come back as paying customers again in the other holidays exactly Awesome. Yeah. And we offer sort of little incentives too, but I hadn't ever thought of, or not thought of, I have never done it about getting them to pay early. So we sort of take their enrollment fee, uh, mm-hmm. but not, not the whole um, term fee, which would be yeah, a really good idea. Yeah, it definitely helps with cash flow over the, over that quiet time um, mm. and gives you a bit of peace of mind as well because there's always that thought as a studio owner like, oh, my God, what if they don't come back or, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's still always that thought in the back of your mind. Um, yeah. So, you know, if they're locked in, they're paid, they're enrolled, they'll be there. Absolutely. So sort of wrapping up a little bit on sort of this episode. So we're super excited as well because we get to have Erin for two episodes. So it's a two-part series. But if you could kind of just think and maybe distill down is, do you think there is any like one essential element to include in a successful preschool program? Like, is there anything that you think you have to have this and then it'll start working really well? Is it, is there any one thing or is it kind of like a bit of a, uh, a special mix? Okay. I think, the absolute one thing you must have is you must have the right teachers. Mm. So whether or not that is yourself or someone else, it needs to be the right person. So you need to be able to let all inhibitions go out the window and happily sit there and sing, you know, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands or get up and wave your scarf around or get up and do your pom-pom dancing and sing and dance like a crazy person just to engage with these kids. And you, ha- you just have to not, not worry and not be shy. Um, so I think it's really important to, to find the right person for that. And yeah. um, I think, 
you know, one day, like, you know, I'm in, I'm in my late twenties now, I'm still happy to get up there and do that. But I think, okay, maybe later on in my career, you know, 15, 20 years time, perhaps I won't be the right person for that. And, you know, it'll, it'll be time for me to hire someone else to kind of come in and run that side of the business. But Mm. um, yeah, it needs to be someone that sparkles and someone that's full of energy and someone that is so excited to be there every day because it's, it's such an important role. And um, as much as, as it is fun and dancing around, you, you still have to take it seriously and realize the impact that you're having on these kids. Yeah, absolutely. And we might actually touch on the, you know, the logistics of finding a really good teacher in, in the next episode. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that in part two, but um, last question for you for today. So we, you know, as studio owners and generally as people who have a physical premises, or even if you're just hiring as well, we're always sort of looking for ways to increase revenue and, you know, fill up time, like I said, in empty studio space. And one thing that has been quite popular over the last few years has been birthday parties. And it's a really great way to, like I said, get um, more revenue into the studio, but also uh, to introduce possibly new groups of kids to the studio. So, and you could also tell us a bit more how you do this in your fairy shop as well. But Mm -hmm. can you tell me a little bit about, you know, any tips and tricks about launching birthday parties and why you think they're such a great addition for dance studios? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we run birthday parties here at the fairy shop. Um, we generally do about, um, anywhere between six to 10 per week. So Whoa. we're quite, yeah. So we're quite busy with birthday parties. <laughs> That's nuts. Are they all on the weekend or during the week too? Yeah. So we usually, we usually do one on a Friday afternoon. Mm. Um, and then, um, yeah, three or four on a Saturday and three or four on a Sunday. Goodness um, right? Yeah. I so it's expecting that. That's, yes. that's crazy. Okay, so it's, re- it's really fun. But but we have we have built this up over nine years. So remember that. So it didn't it didn't happen overnight for us to get to this point. Um, so yeah, we've been re- running that for nine years, um, and it's super fun. Um, it's a lot of hard work, but it's super fun. And as you said, Claire, it's an amazing way of getting people into your business, um, getting yourself in front of them, introducing them to what you've got on offer and with the hope that they will come back and join your dance program or your holiday program or talk about it to someone else down the street and they'll come and join in. You know, it just opens up a whole world of opportunities. Um, Mm. So I'll tell you a bit about how we run the birthday parties here. Um, Like it's different for everybody and how you kind of want to logistically run it, but this is what we do. So we run our parties. They go for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. We um, include or we do all the kids' food, all their lolly bags, all the entertainment, a present for the birthday girl, um, and the invitations. Yep. So all the customer has to do is supply their own birthday cake. Yeah. Um, so it's super easy. We make it really easy for parents. They just kind of turn up, bring the cake, bring the kids, everything's done for them. And then the best part, we clean up at the end. Yeah. So um, especially here in Perth, um, you know, a lot of people don't have big backyards anymore or huge living areas. So, um, you know, it's really an incentive to kind of have your party at a venue away from home, away from all the stress of that. So that's how we've kind of really got into that market here. Um, but we get one of our, um, dance teachers to, um, host a party. So the customers get to choose from three hosts at the moment. And we do kind of change this up dependent on kind of what's relevant and what's popular. 
Um, so yeah. our customers here at the fairy shop can choose between having a fairy, a princess, or Queen Elsa come along oh. to their birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> Elsa is very, you know, most people choose Elsa at the moment. Yeah. Um, I have had a few Emma Wiggle requests too. So oh. um, yes, if we any, do anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves her. Um, yeah. So yeah, so we provide all the food and everything. Um, we do all that for the kids. And um, at the end, when we do the lolly bags, we of course put a little brochure in there with our dance timetable and a little voucher to come along for a trial lesson. So there's the incentive. Um, another thing that we do um, and I don't really force this when people arrive because I know that they're here to enjoy um, the, their guests' birthday party, but we do have a sign-in sheet when the kids arrive and we just get their name and we ask if they've got any allergies or dietary requirements and so forth because obviously we're feeding them. Um, and then we pop a little, um, a little box there where they can add their email address and opt in to yeah be on our mailing list. So yeah, like, like I said, I don't, I don't force people. Like I don't think, Oh, you need to leave your email address because at the end of the day, they're there to enjoy a birthday party. Um, but if they want to, and you know, honestly, most people do, um, add their email address there. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's how we kind of, you know, we're adding sometimes a couple of hundred people to our list every week, which is really fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And like you said, it's all of those little sort of just not like, you know, join us now, but like yes. little little sort of nudges and little welcomes can really over time sort of increase and yeah, sounds like create a really sort of successful separate program that has sort of a life of its own basically. Yes, that's it. So I really do encourage anybody that's thinking about doing it to really sit down, you know, write out a plan, write out a run sheet of how your, how your birthday party is going to run. You know, we, we start off, we do about 30 minutes of dancing with the kids. Um, then we have the food and the birthday cake. And then we finish off the party with some party games, you know, like musical mm. statues, musical bobs, limbo, obviously just dependent on the age group of the kids. Um, but we, you know, we've kind of got it mastered like down to a fine art. The kids are engaged the, the whole time because you know it is quite challenging having you know a group of 20 you know five and six year olds that are all hyped up on lollies and you're entertaining them for an hour and a half it's very different to when you when you've got a dance class of course yeah um but yeah just just the way that that's really exposed a lot of people to my business and I'll just give everybody else one more tip so with um advertising my birthday parties I really um use a lot of google adwords for that Uh, Um, because you think about when, okay, if you're looking for a venue or, um, if you're looking to host a party somewhere, you'll jump online and Google it. So that's something that I've found a really good way to promote this side of the business is the Google AdWords to make, making sure when people type in kids birthday parties, Perth or fairy party, Perth or Elsa party, um, that my business is coming up on top of that. Yeah. Awesome. That's a really good tip. Cause I think, you know, it's always good to try Facebook and things as well. And generally as well for dance studios, Google AdWords is really beneficial because we do have a physical premises. So it's easier to advertise to certain sort of target words, but I have been given tips recently to just give that task out to somebody else because apparently I've done it before in the past and it's been okay, but apparently it's getting even more difficult to advertise Mm. through Google AdWords. So if you can sort of export that sort of task out to somebody else who's, who's a bit more, uh, an expert in that area, that would be probably a good idea. And do you do do them yourself or do you get someone to help you out with that? 
Um, I do a bit of both. So I, I'm still, somebody else set it up for me, but I'm still very active kind of jumping on and, and having a look at it as well. Yeah. Um, but yes, definitely stick with what you're good at. And if that's dance teaching, stick with that. And then, you know, outsource all this, all this yeah. tricky stuff um, mm. to, to the experts. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing those tips and tricks and all of that knowledge about, you know, um, creating amazing preschool programs in our studios. We are going to finish that episode for today right now. And we look forward to having you again next week in a more of like a, a practical sort of the how to, you know, the times, best times for our classes, how to find amazing teachers and all of that in next week's episode. Thank you again so much, Erin. But can you also tell us if people are wanting to find you online or learn more about your parties or your fairy ballet business, where can they find you online? Okay, best place is to visit our website, which is www.fairyshop.com.au. So that's spelled F-A-I-R-Y shop.com.au. And um, yeah, there's some details on there, how you can get in touch um, and find out some more about all the fun things we have going on at the fairy shop. Awesome. That's so exciting. Thank you for sharing that information. And we'll be sure to include that in our show notes as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Business of Dance podcast. For show notes and other episodes, please go to businessofdance.net slash podcast. To learn more about Business of Dance and stay up to date with all the episode releases, as well as lots of extra studio tips and tricks, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or wish to be a guest on the podcast, please contact us at podcast at businessofdance.net. We appreciate you taking the time to rate and review us on iTunes and wish you a great day. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And until then, keep dancing your way to the business you have always desired.